Today on episode 9, we are going to be talking about comparison versus contentment. And we're going to give you some tips on how to simultaneously, hopefully, embrace the stage that you're in right now, while at the same time not losing yourself to that role and still stay fulfilled and growing on the inside. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We're going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia. I'm a social media marketer, writer, and a mom to three boys, ages four, two, and 10 months. And I'm Tara Lynn, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids, ages 10, eight, four, and two. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. Hey everybody, today we are going to be talking about comparison. But first, I get to start with my facepalm. And my facepalm isn't for this week. It's actually from a long time ago. But I've been feeling it just weighing on my conscience since last episode. We were giving you guys advice about how to get shoes on children. Um, I feel like I just need to really get this off my, get this off my chest. Um, when I... This happened... What I'm about to tell you has happened not only once, but twice to me in the past... And that is, I have gone to work without shoes, twice, on accident, not on purpose, <laughs> on accident. The first was I was working for the our state government in college, it was my college job, and I was wearing like a dress, and I was, <laughs> my dad was actually driving me to work as he works there too, and... I just hopped in the passenger side, didn't didn't realize I didn't have shoes on. We get to work. I'm going to, again, so it's like a knee-length dress. You can totally see that I don't have shoes. And I just was like, oh, my heavens, I don't know what, I don't know what to do here. So I just <laughs> snuck into my cubicle and I sat down thinking, I'm just going to sit here all day. No one will ever know that I don't have shoes. And guess what happened that day? We had a bomb threat <laughs> for the whole building. And we had to, like, walk, like, a half a mile and so, of course, everybody's like, oh, no, where's your shoes? It was terrible. <laughs> so you'd think I would have learned my lesson. Then fast forward a couple of years. I'm an English professor at a university. And this time I'm wearing like a dress suit. So also very classy without shoes. <laughs> and I hop in my car because I usually just grab my shoes because I'm such like an afterthought of shoes. I don't even like they're not even on my radar. I am a barefoot girl all the way, which is appropriate in the summertime when you're <laughs> Like in a summer dress in your front yard, but not appropriate when you're in a business suit as a college professor. I show up to work and I realize I don't have my shoes and I can't show up in front of my class. What, like walk in and give a lecture? Like that's not going to work at all. So luckily I had a friend who like had some flip flops anyway. So I wore flip flops with a business suit, which also isn't that classy, but at least it's not as bad. So I just feel like I got to admit to you guys that I struggle with wearing shoes. And so I empathize with your kids is really all I'm saying. That's why your anyway, kids' shoes are always so, at my house. Yeah. And I leave, and still, like I leave my shoes at Felicia's house almost every time I come. I wear them in and then I don't even think about them and I walk out without shoes. It's, it's it. a problem that I have and I'm just admitting it to you. 
as just a general facepalm. So. I love it. That's hilarious. Okay. I could have never done that, I can say. <laughs> All right, so my high five this week is <clears throat> kind of just a nod to last week's episode. And I apologize, I have a small tickle, so if I clear my throat a bunch of times, I'm sorry. Um, so, a couple nights ago, Cohen, so the rule at our house is that you join us for dinner. You don't have to eat, but you have to be at the table while everyone's eating and then then you earn quote yourself dessert we all have dessert together um which usually we haven't really had to once we establish this it's kind of our kids after a couple times realize oh this is fun and we all chat and we like it and so it hasn't really been like an enforcement thing it's kind of just like has a good flow to it but the other night um, my oldest was in a very just hyper mood and running all around and really wasn't eating with us at all and then we get done with dinner we clean up he doesn't even notice that there's no dessert time he's just flying off the handle we get ready for bed and then he is seriously like almost all the way asleep and all of a sudden he goes I didn't get dessert (laughs) (laughs) and it's very emotional and sad about the dessert and so this, I just wanted to use this as a high five of a time when I set a limit and didn't waver on my limit, so I didn't push over when accepting his emotions, but it was a big emotional blow up, so basically he just really wanted the dessert. I reiterated calmly our rule at our house that we don't have dessert unless we're all at the table, yada yada. And it was very hard for him. I mean, and I think it was the fact also that he was pretty much asleep, but it was crying and screaming and you're the worst mom in the world and you're a bad girl and... (laughs) Not you're a bad boy. No, he usually does bad boy, but he was very (laughs) into it this time and it was bad girl and he was very, very upset and I just sat with him and said, wow, you really want dessert? You really, really want it? That and I reiterated the rule, and it was probably, you know, five or ten minutes of crying, and then got calmed down and went to sleep, and I was like, that was a lot, you know, that emptied my bucket, then the next day, it was so funny, because he woke up, and he went to our freezer, and he, like, opened it, and saw all these popsicles, and, you know, we have, like, this little part, we have popsicles, and little ice cream sandwiches, whatever, he, like, looks at me, and he's like, I really want this dessert, but I'm going to eat my breakfast at the table (laughs) and goes and sits and eats it. But then it was, it was just really cute because it wasn't like, I didn't feel like, yes, I got my rule and now he gets it. I just felt like he got those emotions out and we were able to have that moment of communication with each other and he understood me and he, I really felt like he felt accepted to want the dessert that doesn't mean that it changed the the rule in our house but he really wanted it and he could have that feeling um but I but it made me feel like next time I don't think we'll have this emotional blow up about it because he has been there with that mm-hmm. that makes sense and he doesn't feel like feeling the emotions is shameful yes so, yeah so that's my half five well done <clears throat> well done Felicia 
So today we're going to be talking about comparison and its opposite. Really, I guess what we're focusing on is more its opposite because we live in a time of comparison. Yeah, and we all see the achievement of other people and we mostly don't see any of the downfall. I think there is a trend on social media right now to also share your hard times and I love that. But I think in general, we are sharing the highlights of our of our lives and not seeing just like the daily schlub. So I think we're all living in this time where we're overexerting ourselves and we all I love it because Terlyn always if she's having a day she says whelmed instead of overwhelmed. <laughs> I'm just whelmed like I'm almost there. But I think the world right now is just a little bit overexerted, a little bit overwhelmed, but at the same time, so simultaneously, we're feeling like we aren't doing enough because we're seeing everything else that everybody is doing and they're they're blogging and they're taking these beautiful pictures and their house is always perfectly clean um but it isn't true we are all we are all in these little moments of our daily life so we want to talk about um if we could look back at ourselves when we were first starting this journey what would we tell ourselves so for me, this subject is so, oh, so, so, so important. We, I grew up watching women in my life who I admired so much. I had, I had a wealth of examples of really wonderful, strong women. But then something happened when I was an older teenager going into adulthood and I started getting to know these women and leaders as friends. I realized that a lot of them deep down actually weren't happy. They felt like they weren't worthwhile and deep down that they weren't enough. And also, as I got to know these women, I kept hearing the same narrative over and over and over. And that is for a lot of these women who were wonderful mothers and amazing examples to me, when they, when their kids got older, they would say things like, in fact, just two weeks ago, I was having a conversation with a group of about 20 women. And so many of the women say this phrase, I don't know who I am. And I feel like I've lost myself in the raising of my kids. I don't know what I like. I don't know anything about myself. So now that my kids don't need me as much, my role has changed. Now I'm feeling kind of lost. And The interesting thing about this, though, this doesn't just apply to women, to stay-at-home dads or stay-at-home moms. I've heard the same narrative with men and women who have amazing, thriving careers. It's like I stepped into this world as an adult where I was filled with, surrounded by all of these people trying to find themselves and have lost themselves in different areas. Again, it doesn't have to be in childcare. I know the same, I know countless people who I admire, so I'm not saying this is a criticism at all, who I admire, who say things like, I don't know who I am. I've actually lost myself to my job for the past 30 years. Now, who am I? Now that that role might change, where where am I? I do, yeah. How do I fit into this? So I just want to touch on a couple of things. I mean, I feel like this is one of those things that like I'm like obsessed with. Like how... How does this happen? I know it's common, but how is it that we can put ourselves into a role and do well, whether it's parenting, whether it's a job, how can we go in and do it well, put part of our heart into it, but still not lose ourselves in the process? And there's a few 
really key points here that, and I'm not saying I know it all, just to be clear, both Felicia and I, I mean, this is a really, I mean, this is a huge concept. We're, We're just saying things that we've learned that have helped us. And in my like obsession of when I say interviewing people, it's just talking to people about their lives. A few little truths that I feel like we've found. One of them is the opposite of comparison is contentment with our lives, how they are right now, right? We live in a time where there are so many options, so many options, and it's amazing. I mean, I live with hundreds of more options than my grandmother lived with, and she lived with more options than her grandmother lived with. I mean, and, and there's, there's pros and cons to that, right? There's a simplicity in knowing for my great-great-grandmother and my great-great-grandfather who had a farm, they had very specific roles. They didn't question them, and they just did those things, right? The husband went out, he had certain roles on the farm. She went out, she had certain roles on the farm. And those, there's a lot of simplicity that comes with that. And really a sense of contentment. When I, I've talked to my own grandma about it and she said there is a sense of contentment and purpose when you just have your thing no. and you do it and you don't spend all of your life debating, well, should I really be being an entrepreneur? Because this is what I do, I'm a farmer. Yeah. So again, I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad thing or a good thing, but something about this time we live in is we have hundreds of options. And to be honest, if I could choose any time, in fact, Ovid, oh, I wish I remembered the quote perfectly, but it was something like, others praise ancient times, but I am glad I was born in times like these. And I love that because if I were to choose, I would still choose this time, even with all of the complexities that it brings. But I have felt as once I got out of school, I mean, because you have to make a bunch of choices when you're in school, but it's still mainly for me. I knew I wanted my master's degree. So for me, it was just decisions within that, but I knew I wanted to keep going on that path until I achieved this thing. But then when I got out, especially once I started having kids, I mean, I have every, I found that I was being plagued every day by, I want to write a book one day. Should I be doing that now? Other people are really successful bloggers. Should I be doing that now? What about my friends who are rocking it in the direct sales world? Should I be doing any of those things? What about... Yes. Being a great, you know, should I be writing a cookbook? I like to cook. I mean, mm-hmm. should I be doing a career? Should I be doing, I'm, I was really being plagued every day by so many choices. And the difficulty was I'd made, I'd made my decision. I felt good. In fact, I felt called, if you will, for me. And as I say this, I'm not saying every woman is called to this. I'm just saying for me, I had felt called to be at home with my kids for a period of time. But every day I was plagued by these questions of, but should I be doing something else? Should I be doing, other people seem to be able to do like all those things at once, I swear. It looks like that's how they're doing it. Mm-hmm. So is there something wrong with me? Am I just like a slower paced person? And I've come to the conclusion, a few conclusions for me. And how I've come to these conclusions is actually by looking back at myself. If I were to give myself advice, 10, 10 years going back, I was about to have my first baby I could give her advice it would be to be okay with the season that you're in and not be questioning yourself every second if you should be doing other things just be okay with your decision and go forward and I actually had like a seriously it was a paradigm shift I can still picture where I was it was two years ago I was with my little sister Caitlin driving home from skiing actually and I was telling her about this torn feeling so again at this point I've been a mother for eight years and I was telling her I have been torn for eight years of, you know, you have a baby and you focus on that baby so much. And I had one little section of ambition in between my third and fourth baby where I did something huge outside of myself. I actually did this thing called Mrs. Utah. And I like worked a lot of charity work for, um, 
organizations that fight child trafficking. And it was really cool. I mean, it was an amazing experience. But it ended right before I had my fourth baby. And when I had my fourth baby, you guys, my life totally changed. I felt like a robot. Not in a bad way, but in a like cut off everything essential. (laughs) Like things that I used to love, like riding my horse and things like that. I cut down almost everything. I just like pared everything down to only things that really, really at this time rejuvenated me. And just to be clear, I'm hoping that the horse love comes back because I really do love riding my horse. But at the time I pared it down to just four things. And it was such an awesome experience to go through because I pared it down to just my morning time that fills my soul. And we've talked so much about that. So I'm not going to go back into it. But connecting with God, connecting with myself, connecting with more than just my goals and my personality, because those are outside things that are great, but it's really with connecting with my inner being, like filling up my, my true center. That's one thing that fills me. The second thing I found that really fills me is yoga. That's something that I loved before, but I liked it along with other exercise things. And really, I found that at that stage of my life, yoga was the only one for me. And hiking. <laughs> That also, I mean, I like I get a buzz from hiking for the last, the whole day. And then the, the last thing that I found that really rejuvenated me was conversations in groups of two or three adults that I love, which is very specific. So that could be a date with my husband. That could be <laughs> meeting with Felicia for a picnic on our driveway where our, while our kids play. It can be chatting with my sister and my mom, but no bigger groups than that. It could be my neighbors, but no more than one other person or two other people. Because for me, I found in a big group setting that I started like feeling like, am I being clever? Am I saying witty things? Which doesn't do the same thing for me as just like sharing yourself with somebody else. So those were the things that I found that rejuvenated me and everything else I cut out for a period of time. And there are things that are coming back into my life now, like we're doing this podcast, which I love, but it actually does rejuvenate me and it's just um, the right amount for me. But I remember this conversation that I had with my little sister. I had been a mom for eight years. We we're coming home and my sister was so wise and she's such a great listener. Her name's Caitlin. And I like had this epiphany as I was talking to her. I was like, I'm going to just stop debating every day if there's something else I should be doing because this is what I'm doing. I've already chosen this and I felt good about it in fact I felt called to it so I'm just gonna know that right the second I'm not writing a book so I'm gonna use the writing a book thing because that's the thing that calls to me the most right now I'm not gonna do that and as soon as I made that decision guys it freed me it freed me to be present it freed me to be okay with the season that I'm in and it allowed me actually to have the next piece of what I consider inspiration and that is instead of looking at what am I doing in this outside world It was more I was able to ask God, what can I do to prepare myself for whatever work you have for me later? So for me, I actually look at like as kind of like an incubation period. Like I am bringing things into my mind by the books I read because I love reading books. And I've started practicing my writing. You know, like in college, I wrote all the time because it was English is what I was doing. And now I've realized I'm not even writing that much. So I'm actually am just writing on the side, but it's not like pressure writing. It's seriously like I just sit down and I just free write or I'll maybe think of something to write about but it's not like I'm creating a book right now because that hasn't that isn't what I'm feeling called to right this very moment Mm -hmm. and guys oh my heavens it has been so liberating for me it has been so liberating for me to just stop telling myself every second 
should I be doing something else? Should I be doing something else? And just being okay with who I am. And the great thing about that is if you do that and you actually find what rejuvenates you and you can connect at your core, you can be okay with those seasons of stillness, especially, I mean, if you have a newborn, talk about paring down to like the essentials of life. Shower. (laughs) Yeah, shower, (laughs) feed the baby, and try to keep everybody alive for the day. But it's so beautiful because I feel like if you keep connecting with yourself, what I found is the more I connect with myself, and I tell Felicia this all the time, I feel like a kid in a candy shop. Like if I imagine the day when all my kids are at school, I can think of like a million things that I I mean, there's so many things I want to learn and I want to do, but it's because I feel this like inner sense of peace and fulfillment on the inside. So life has all these amazing things that one day I want to learn and I know that I'll only be learning one of the, but I've realized that I can just learn one of those things at a time. I don't have to learn them all at once. Mm-hmm. And it's been so, so liberating. And the cool thing about that paradigm shift that I had is right after I had it, I literally, which is a whole other story on its own, but I got really sick and almost died actually. And it was a really, really interesting awakening almost mm-hmm. to realize what pairing back really means and what's really important in life. And anyway, it's been so liberating for me. So that's the advice I give to you. And when I give that advice back to myself, I still find myself giving that advice because I still have the questions come in. But should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? And I have to remind myself, remember, if you could just go back and have that first baby, if you can be at peace with your own stage, whatever season you're in, it feels so good. But be fulfilling yourself at the same time. So you're not, I'm not a proponent of, going back to you're not losing yourself in your role you're being at peace with your stage but at the same time you're filling yourself at your core mm-hmm. so it's yes. the combination of those two things yes have been mind-blowing for me and I think a cool so in the happiness project which we've talked about before from Gretchen Rubin she talks about using envy as more of a tool than than beating yourself up about your envy so seeing people so when Terilyn says she something that called to her was writing a book or is she seeing people doing like MLM stuff or blogging whatever your thing is that you're like hmm, I'm kind of envious that they're successful in that instead of being jealous of it which feels negative use envy as like a fuel to see oh wow, maybe I do really want to write a book. That's something I can put down as one day I want to do that. That's a goal for me. And to use um, this time, this incubation period, if you're in this season of stillness and slowness, to reflect on those things instead of having them weigh on you. Okay, so we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some tools that you can use to recognize if you're in this phase or whatever phase you're in and distill down to what um, is important to you right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so I've come up with a little exercise that you can do, and it's kind of a combination of a lot of wise people's advice that I've put together into one thing. So we love a podcast called Better Than Happy by Jodi Moore and an exercise that she recommends for mothers or just people in general, but I think it's super powerful for me as a mom is to see your future self and what you want to be at the end of this day. Or I think her advice is do the end of this day after five years and then at the end of your life or something like that. Um, So a lot of times in my morning time, I will use that meditation to look what we have for the day and how I want to be for my kids in that day. Um, So I want you to start there, but instead of at the end of this day, I want you to think about um, how you want your kids to remember you or think about you at the end of your life. And I just want you to ponder on that and write it down. So for me, when I thought about that, I realized that I hope my kids see me as playful, present, and loving. And I wrote those things down. And then within those things, I broke them down into three to five things that I could do to be playful, present, and loving. And this can also be things that maybe you need to take out of your life that are taking away from those or adding to it. So as I looked at those, I realized that there were a lot of things that I was doing daily and feeling pressure to do, maybe outside pressure or just that general feeling of if I'm slowing down, if I'm just playing with my kids or if I'm just looking at them, I'm not achieving. If I'm being still and calm and at peace, I'm not accomplishing. And I feel like, especially in this stage where we have so little time in the day to actually quote unquote achieve things because we're caring for kids, we're feeding, we're diapering them, and then it's a nap. And then we really, if you look at it, what do we have? A couple hours in a whole day and we beat beat ourselves up that in those couple hours we're not like starting a business or making millions of dollars or photographing our beautiful house. Um, If I stopped beating myself up, I saw what I really want to be at the end of my life. And when we talk to people who are at the end of their, their lives, they never say that they're so proud of their home or these elaborate meals they cooked. They always say their most important things were the people around them. So um, I looked at, I want my kids to remember me as fun and playful and present with them and loving. And so I want you to write those things down. I think for me, three things was the perfect amount, but you can do however many you that you want. So then under each one. So for me with playful, that means I need to be healthy. I need to be putting some sort of effort towards taking care of my body and eating well. Um, I wanted to see their laughter and enjoy them in this kid's stage. So if there's a sink full of dishes and my son comes up and is 
mommy, let's go ride scooters together. I want to accept that invitation. And that's my goal is to say, yes, let's go scooter. Because at the end of the day, there's always more dishes and more dishes and more dishes. (laughs) Um, And then the second thing for me was presence, which again, we've talked about um, a few books that we love that talk a lot about being present. The most recent one being Eckhart Tolle's um, An Awakened Earth. Is that the right title? A New Earth. A New Earth. Awakening to Your Life's Presence. Um, But he says, we only have this exact moment that we're in. We don't have five minutes ago and we don't have the future yet. So concentrate on this moment. And when I thought about that, I realized that taking out as much time on social media as I can will help me be more present because our phones, very addicting. And you know, when all of a sudden you have a moment where there's silence, there's a tendency to be like, oh, let me fill my brain mm-hmm. and just, you know, push it's that, almost like a push that little button. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. And you automatically, whatever you're, for me, it's Instagram. I love Instagram or maybe Pinterest. It's like instant, like, you almost don't even know that you're like opening the yeah. app and then I'll have seat open and hurry and close yes. it. Like why? Have you ever changed its spot? Oh yes. Cause I put yes, it at the back of my pages mm-hmm. and it made my thumb cause I would, I'd go and I'd click and it'd be yep. like, you know, the calculator or something. Yep. It's like, Oh, whew, oh good. Saved me. Yep. You know? Yep. That and also setting. So with, this is just like a little hack and inside iPhone, you can set screen time and app limits Mm. have you done that no but that sounds great so you can go in and obviously you can just have it it'll shut down your phone at a certain time but you can also choose like these five apps i don't want to have access to after i've looked at them for 30 minutes a day oh yes it's very good yes so little hack so for me presence was limiting social media and then loving was accepting all the emotions that my kids have and that whole thing that we talked about last episode. So those are my big things. Those are the tasks, if you will, within. Um, And I like to use this in my scribing part of my Miracle Morning, my writing part, and then meditate on the person that I want to be. And doing this um, has really helped me hone in on what's important to me in this season. And then I have things that are less essential that come below this. And maybe that's cleaning if I get time for it or just these extra things. But these are what's important for this stage of my life. And it has really helped me. Have you ever, do you ever give yourself advice from that point? You know, like you're 95 and you're like, Alicia. Oh, yeah. At this stage, this is just what I really want you to know. Have you ever yes. tried that? Because, I mean, it's going along exactly with what you're saying, mm-hmm. but it shifts it just a tiny bit when you go from what do I want to, let me just give you some advice. Because your future self gives great advice. Truly. Yes. It's awesome, actually. Yes. And it's yeah. actually really easy to see in perspective, like, oh, just so you know, that doesn't even matter. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yes. It's awesome. Yes. So, um, I, I want to challenge you guys. Try, well, try this or not it's too much if it's not on your essentials don't do it but it has really helped me shift my perspective and also help me see yes I would love to whatever it is write a book or I really do want to try that um direct sales and doTERRA sell some oils like my friends does my friend does because that interests me but 
this isn't my season and I've clarified that and I have that vision to know that I'm going to enjoy this now and not think about those things because that's taking away from this moment for me. I love that. And I also just want to make super clear because obviously in our listeners, we're going to have, we're going to have people who are awesome with their careers, men and women. We're going to have people who are rocking direct sales and who are writing a book and raising kids at the same time. All the things we just mentioned that we're feeling torn about, there's a lot of you out there who are doing an awesome job at doing those things. So I just want to clarify that whatever, all I'm saying, all we're saying is that whatever you are doing, be okay with that. So if it is, you are, you are seriously like building this amazing business right now and raising your kids and doing whatever else, then that is awesome because you're doing it because that's your present moment right now. And you've feel, you felt inspired at one point to make that decision. So I think we all just feel inspired at different times in our lives to do different things. And there's a difference in fact, if you kind of like hone in to the feeling, there's a difference between doing something because you feel like you're missing out or that you should do it compared to doing something because you feel inspired to do it. And you can feel inspired to do all of these things at, at the same time. Yeah. If you feel like you need to, not, mm. sorry, not if you feel like you need to, don't do that. <laughs> but if you feel inspired, then that is inspired action and you do it and you rock it and you just don't have to keep second guessing yourself though, is what we're saying. I have a friend who wrote this amazing book the year she had a baby. It was her third baby and the book was about that first year of life. So she wrote a book during the newborn stage and it was, she said for her, this beautiful process that she'd felt inspired to do. And it was this, I mean, like soul healing thing for her. And I look at it and it just made me tired (laughs) if I thought of it for me, but for her, she felt inspired and she did it and it was perfect. So all these things, we're not saying don't do them, just be present with them when you do them and do them because you're feeling inspired to do them and not because you're second guessing yourself and just try not to miss out on stuff. So there's a difference. Do it, rock it, whatever you're doing Mm -hmm. in life and just don't beat yourself about not doing everything else. Yeah. Really. I love it. Let's find the magic. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> <And> brown cows. <laughs>